Welcome to the podcast from the Temple. I'm Rabbi Peter Berg. And I'm Rabbi Lauren Filson Lapidus. This episode is brought to you by the Temple, Atlanta's oldest and youngest synagogue. Lauren, we've had a series of uh, opportunities to hear from all kinds of uh, speakers and talent outside of, of the congregation. Uh, we've had, yep, some opportunities for just the two of us to schmooze a little bit, but. And then today, we took two weeks off. Which no, we took two weeks off. Those are good weeks. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> but today's fun because we've got, we've got the pulpit clergy team here today, uh, who you all hear from with immense regularity. It's absolutely, uh, if, if we could pick the four people whose faces and voices ring out into congregants' homes all year, uh, it is the four of us. And we're so excited just to talk about Passover uh, in the same Zoom room, because we're still not really in the same room, um, with our colleagues, Rabbi Sam Kay and Cantor Deborah Hartman. I think Hello. of it as a time to hear from the clergy without, and now we continue on page 32. But who's going to give the sermon? <laughs> Right, that's right. It's it's a lottery. That would be yeah. me this time. That's right. That I'm excited. I'm excited well, for the Cantor sermon. Absolutely. absolutely. And I'm gonna sing. It would be more like a rant. I'm yeah. gonna sing. <laughs> I think people would pay good money to hear the Cantor's rant. Um, yes, let us all silence our phones. Sorry about that. That was amazing. I mean, for our, li our, for our listeners, that is the the front doorbell which just rang in all of our offices. Um, and yet none of us are moving to <laughs> No, we are not. Um, it's sort of like at home. All right. Well, um, here we are. Uh, we are recording three and a half days before first night Seder. Yeah. Uh, what's everyone doing to get ready? Um, I will say we're getting ready to clean. I made a list of the cleaning. Anyone else? I, I, I mean, don't tell my boss. But I actually, um, I took Tuesday off to clean the house um, and to start my cooking prep because uh, this year is very different from last year. Last year, Taylor was incredibly pregnant. So we didn't really, uh, we, we kind of took an easier Passover because no one was coming over uh, and it was just going to be the two of us. So no one really needed to see the whole house and we didn't really need to find all the comments. But this year, we don't have the good excuse anymore. I mean, no one's coming over anyways, but we know. So we, uh, we cleaned from top to bottom. My trash cans are full, full, full of a thousand and one things that I threw out. It's been a nice like combination of spring cleaning and also Passover. All right, do you wanna hear about my preparations? Oh, I love hearing about your preparations. Put, put on your seatbelts, folks. Hold on, I just, I, I wanna start, I wanna frame this for our listeners as a reminder. Um, Deborah, you know, lives a, a different kind of life than the rest of us um, when home. she lives here at home, at home. Um, and I still remember many years ago, you showed up for confirmation rehearsal and you're like, man, I'm tired. And I said, why? And you're like, I was up until two in the morning. And I'm thinking, how, what on earth were you doing? And then you said we were cleaning for Passover. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also, but also Deborah, you do have a, a Passover kitchen, which does make it a little easier. It does. Thank goodness I do have that. Okay, so um, you may or may not already know that I am married to Sandy, who is a modern Orthodox man. So that means our house, our household is completely kosher and he is observant. And when I am at the home, when I'm at home with him, of course, I'm going to abide by all of his um, 
the, the um, practices, that's the best word, practices. So um, I've already been on a couple of Zoom calls from um, a couple of synagogues, the Orthodox synagogues in my neighborhood, because this, this uh, Passover is particularly persnickety because it begins on Saturday night. So for our household, that means that all the preparations for Shabbat and for both seders have to be done for me before I leave the house on Friday morning to come here. There'll be, there's no preparation whatsoever on Shabbat. And then really, once, once Shabbat is over, Pesach begins. So I have put myself on a schedule. Um, my table is already set. We will be having Shabbat dinner in our kitchen table as opposed to our Seder table because we are commanded to have chametz on Shabbat. We need challah, but yet um, we can't serve anything with, um, you know, after after eleven fifteen on uh, Shabbat morning that has chametz in it. So uh, there are a lot of rules and re and uh, yeah, I'm going to say restrictions. Um, so I've been working toward that. So uh, every day this week, I've done a little bit of cooking. Um, I am very lucky, as Rabbi Berg said, I have a Passover kitchen, which enables me to cook without having to clean my main kitchen, um, which has been great. So tonight, it's tonight, the menu that I'll be cooking will be chicken and matzah stuffing. And uh, I think one other thing that I can't remember at the moment, yesterday, I did lamb a little bit of ground lamb, um, like for um, skewers. And I did my cirrhosis yesterday because that's time consuming, right? That's for the Seder plate. So um, I'm on a schedule. Tonight, <laughs> tomorrow will be the brisket. But um, my, 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 I mean, my Pesach preparations are like family management. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, you have your extended family and trying to the satyrs and the you know having the zoom with the first cousins and you know so i'm really trying to make sure i get get family together as one but another interesting thing in our household this year is that one of our kids is really interested in cooking so all of a sudden we have a child who wants to you know who said no you you can't have x for for passover like that's not nice enough like it you know like and, and so we have, we have some kids involved in the, in the Seder cooking this year. I have what, to uh, say, as I'm listening to everyone else, like we've got a schedule, um, but we're not actually starting anything. I'm going shopping Thursday morning. I have matzah, but basically, um, yeah, Mike and I've just agreed. We're just gonna, we're gonna power through. Obviously we're, we have fewer restrictions on what we can cook and do on Shabbat. And uh, I don't know, somehow it always lands in the right place. I'm optimistic. I have to say that the Toco Hills Kroger looks like a swarm of locusts descended. <laughs> there's nothing left. There's no matzah. There's no horseradish. It's just gone. Like there's some bottles of bad wine and macaroons of like seven flavors. And I was just, I was stunned yesterday. When you so, combine, uh, yeah, when you combine the pandemic with, with, uh, Pesach, that stuff yeah. goes bad. It looked like early pandemic toilet paper shelves, just bare <laughs> and sad and panicky. We went to um, DeKalb Farmer's Market last Thursday and I sent Hadara over to go grab a horseradish root. 
And I had run into another rabbi who was there and she's like, oh, there's only two left. You better grab it now. I was like, go, go, go. Um, it's, it's rather large, but that's okay. I like horseradish. Um, well, I mean, we're all preparing. Um, and then there's also the whole, let's, let's actually celebrate the meaning of the holiday. It's been quite a year. It's definitely been interesting times and difficult times for our city in the past few weeks. Um, what would you say Passover's meaning for you this year? That's an interesting question. Last year, I think we were all on Zoom with family for first night. Um, this time with the new CDC guidelines and many people that I know, including myself, my family being vaccinated, makes it a little bit different this year that we can do something um, in moderation. And so we are joining with another family for First Seder, um, which this is the family that we've been pretty much seeing outside all year, but I think, um, you know, for, for Seder, we'll be at their home at one end of the table, they'll be at the other. So we're looking forward to that, to actually having some social interaction. I've been thinking a lot about what kind of Passover and Seder means um, because I've been prepping for our learning Seder on, on Saturday night. I'm doing a Seder for um, people who are becoming Jewish, people who have become Jewish recently, people who are Jewish, but um, don't necessarily know as much as they want to know. And I've been trying to figure out how do you boil down, you know, Passover into something that just anyone can approach and understand. And I think what's really fascinating about, about the Seder is that it's a really brilliant construction. It's a ceremony that teaches you how to do the ceremony. You know, the Seder teaches you how to do it yourself so that you can do it in years to come. And so I find that beautiful because to a certain extent, one of the silver linings of, um, of this last year has been so much of figuring out what you can do for yourself um, because we haven't been able to rely on other people in the same way. And so this feeling of I can do this with a little bit of training, I can do this with a little bit of help, I can do this with the right mentor, um, I feel like that sensation really comes alive during Passover because you come to one really good Seder and there's this feeling that you walk away from it, you're like, I can do that next year. I could, I could do that, that's wonderful. I, can, I wanna bring that home. So that's what's on my mind. And also this, this Mishnaic idea that the Passover Seder is, a, you know, the Haggadah is a curricular guide and, and giving us a little bit of permission to change things and, um, make them not only make them contemporary but um, you know to talk about freedom in a way this year post-pandemic that I think we're all really thinking about. Yeah there's this really great teaching in the Mishnah that says if you have one child ask one question right. then you're done with the Seder you did the job right like if you can spontaneously get a child to say why is this night different than all other nights and not in those exact words. Right you don't need anything it. else you don't need you're done you're finished go eat yeah. and so that's like I mean, that's that's an amazing teaching. I my, my grandparents didn't even know that teaching and the Seder was still, you know, 15 minutes. <laughs> I remember I was, I don't know exactly how old I was, but I think it was probably the earliest hint maybe I was going to enter the clergy. And I decided 
that I was going to write an introduction to the Seder of like what it meant that year. I have no idea what I said or where it is, but it inspired me this year to ask, um, to ask my daughter, you know, she's nine years old. I was like, why don't you write an introduction to Thanksgiving dinner? And she wrote this thing about gratitude. And it was like so nice to have a child's voice open. And so I have assigned her this task for, uh, for Passover Seder. And it's, you know, because I think to, to everybody's point, um, it means different things. And, and it is a moment in time that, that we really do need to capture. And it means different things to each of us. And this question of freedom, uh, certainly, uh, is not going away anytime soon. So I, I know that all of us have, uh, you know, people ask us as rabbis all the time, what's your favorite holiday? What's your favorite Parsha? What's this? But, um, and they're never my favorite questions. And yet I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, what is your favorite part of, of the, of the Seder? I mean, what, what, what order of this, of, you know, of the Seder really speaks to you, right? I think Deborah's going to say the last day of the holiday when right, right. <laughs> everything is all put back. Lashana Hababi Rushalayim. Amen. There we go. I mean, I love, um, I will say, because I can see that our, our uh, that Deborah and Sam are thinking. Um, I, I love the opening of the door for Elijah. There's something, you know, we, we sing Eliyahu Hanavi at, you know, Havdalah. We, we certainly, uh, welcome Elijah at the birth of a baby, this idea of moments of potential. And on Passover, we actually actively go to the door and we actively welcome Elijah in. And um, I, there's something, it's a moment that fills me with tremendous hope and also such sadness because, you know, you open the door and you're, you have all this hope that has been built up through the experience of the Seder and you open the door and you realize, wait a second. Yeah, we're, we're not there yet, but maybe, maybe soon. So that that's I I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely the most powerful. Probably my favorite favorite is um, telling the story of some of the the things on our on our table and where they come from and how we got them. I, I really meant meaningful, most meaningful. So that's good. I, so I mean, we we worked out this beautiful Passover guide that we're handing out in an hour and a half, I think. Um, so by the time you hear this, you've probably already read my little story in it, but. Um, there's this section in the Magid and the story and the storytelling where you get to the song of Dayenu, you know, and there's this Sephardic tradition that says that you grab a green onion and it represents the lashes of the Egyptians. And you try to tag your friends and family around the table with it by whipping them with a green onion. And it's, it's a light little game. And when we have friends over for Pesach, we always like go to the fridge and pull out a plate of green onions and we bring them around and there's always one too few and I go oh I'm so sorry let me go get the last one and I come back with a leak the size of my arm and that's like my favorite like gag um it's just like everyone else has this thin little like thing and I've got this gigantic leak um and I never smack anyone with it but it's it's one of my favorite moments so that is funny that's fine well I was gonna really go with when the Seder is over and all everything is put back. <laughs> but uh, if, if, if you press me, I would say, uh, and Sam, you helped me remember, I love singing Dianu because, um, you know, we have so much, there is so much to be grateful for. And if we just had one of those things, as, as it is said, it would be enough. And uh, I like that moment in the Seder. Um, 
for me, I think it's, I, I always, I get animated when we say Keneged Arba'a Banim, you know, when we talk about these four texts as sons with the four children, as we say it. And I, um, you know, it's interesting. It comes from uh, verses in the Torah. It comes from the Haggadah, second century. And then it comes uh, later on in the Jerusalem Talmud. And uh, it, so it comes with three different sources and they're all a little bit different. And uh, so I love sort of the exercise of looking at, so who are these four children and what are they doing there and what are they saying? And, um, and it, just, it just reminds me always as a, as a teacher, which we all are, um, that, that people learn differently. And, um, people come to the table with different levels of preparedness, different levels of interest. And somehow we have to speak to all of them at the same time. Um, you know, I think at some level, that's the fear of the Seder leader. Like, how am I going to deal with all of these four Banim at the same time? Uh, but we do it. And, um, and uh, you know, I've got three out of four of them in my own house. And well, <laughs> um, the reminder that we're not stuck at whatever child we are this year is not necessarily yeah. the child we are next year. Totally. Um, which is a, certainly a message of hope. Um, yeah. The Seder is such a huge part, um, you know, it's such a huge part of, of the Passover observance, but it is a week long. Um, so I'm curious, does anyone do anything besides just the Passover Seder and the preparations to enjoy the holiday, to find meaning in the holiday? Um, yeah. I mean, I have a, so the Passover is Passover, but it's also the start of the Omer, the, the counting of the 50 days. Um, and one of the traditions that I picked up in Israel was not to shave or get a haircut during those 50 days, except for like the one day in the middle. So I, and I'm doing it on Thursday for multiple reasons, but um, in case you've seen me recently with this mop that I have on top of my head, but um, I always get a really good shave and a really good haircut the day before Passover, because I'm not going to get another one for at least a month. Um, and that's a, it's a moment of intention. Uh, it's also a moment of like reminding myself that I don't just live in the world of the spirit and the mind. I also live in the world of the body. Um, and especially in this pandemic where I think I've gotten two haircuts in a year and a month. Um, it's a little bit of normalcy that I'm bringing back to it again. I'm thinking about adopting the tradition of uh, changing over the toothbrush heads. Um, you know, to because you're supposed to switch your toothbrush. Oh, I do that. We do. So it doesn't have comments. It, it, I know, I, I mean, maybe I've done it, but not intentionally. But then I was like, you know, we're actually kind of due for new toothbrush heads. Like, this is a perfect timing. So I think that might be something. So, uh, you know. that, that kind of leads into my thing. Like, I love that part of Passover. Like, I love changing everybody's toothbrush. I don't think anybody in my house even knows or cares that I did it. But like, I, I love the, the, the being in Passover, like just being extra, um, extra careful and really like thinking um, so carefully about what I do and what I eat. And I, and I, I actually find joy in it. Um, I have this image of you going around like a little toothbrush fairy. I do. I, I just love like uh, uh, my family, you know, they sometimes have had it with me because I'm really, um, <laughs> it's a, I'm a little over the top. Um, do I, does anyone do um, Maimuna or the custom of a, a final 
um, you know, some sort of special meal or or acknowledgement of the the last evening before the end of Passover. We we talk about it, and we 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 say the motzi with extra um, extra delivery, like we like we extra intention. Mm. So Taylor's family is from Egypt, and they don't celebrate Muna there. So it's not one of the ones that we do, but for me the biggest difference between growing up Passover and like my current Passover is the eating or not eating of kidney oat the foods that Ashkenazic people don't eat but Sephardic people do eat and since it is Taylor's kitchen um, we absolutely have kidney oat in the house and so I uh, you know take a special joy in sending my dad and my mom pictures of the hummus and the rice and the tasty, tasty Middle Eastern dishes that I'm still enjoying during Passover while they're having matzah and brisket for the sixth day in a row. So, not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. God, See, I, we are obviously an Ashkenazic household and when the rabbinic assembly published their tshuva that, that it's okay for everybody. Uh, the first person on the planet to read that was my wife, I think. Done. And, uh, and, uh, and I lost that battle. I, I, that was so hard for me. I mean, it took me to eat that piece of rice the first time. It took me like 25 minutes. Well, see, that felt like freedom to me. <laughs> I remember in college, someone was like, you don't eat rice on Passover. I was like, no, you do. And they're like, yeah. And then I like, did a little bit of reading about it. And I thought, okay, well, maybe this can be, you know, a, a moment of rebellion. Um, I was very wild in college, as you can tell. And so I had that that rice. And I remember thinking my grandmother can like secretly see me. I, some, somebody knows, but but now it's, uh, I, I do appreciate the rationalism of I still our tradition. Deborah, what about you? Um, yes. Um... How, how do you celebrate beyond the Seder? You know, I, I really don't have anything. I, I um... Um, you know, finding as many ways to be creative with matzah as I possibly can. I have to say that I have purchased two new cookbooks that I'm really excited about. So for those recipes that I'll be making that I don't use for Seder, I will make for Chol HaMoed for the intermediate days of Passover. So um, I guess mine will be a, a gastronomic journey. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't really go for, for, we go for walks every night, but we wouldn't necessarily go for a hike during the, the days of Passover. Um, although that's a really nice tradition. Do you eat matzah pizza? I'm just curious, like whether, if, whether you're still in touch with your inner teenager. Oh, that's only sure. That is that is one of the things that we will make for sure. Um, we actually don't have, um, you know, we have obviously separate dishes for meat and dairy. Same for Passover. We have lots of meat dishes for Passover. Only one little drawer of dairy dishes <laughs> for Passover, and that includes a pizza pan. So we're the complete opposite. <laughs> I know. But, I, but I, I'll tell you, you know, we shouldn't forget that uh, we're only commanded to eat the matzah at the Seder. Uh, we can't eat hummus, but you don't have to eat matzah every second either for, for a week. Do you, do you guys know that I eat matzah all year round? Uh, I don't buy crackers. I just eat matzah. I love it. Cream cheese, peanut butter, hummus. Do you even eat it. even between Purim and Pesach? Or do you give it away? Yes, week? all year round. The only time that we can't have it is 
starting on uh, Friday night until Saturday night this year. There's, a, the there's a, nice tradition, a nice tradition of people who eat matzah all year round, which Deborah, I think is you and maybe two other people, uh, <laughs> that, um, that, you, that uh, between Purim and Pesach, you don't need it to to prepare. But uh, just tip. to give it a, make it feel special. We have a tip for the matzah haters out there though, that we found out fairly recently. Just fatten it. The gluten-free matzah, As the gluten-free yes. matzah that they sell at um, Kroger is basically just a potato chip. Yeah. It's just potato starch. Gluten-free matzah is delicious. Yeah, yeah. it's really big taste. One, one word in Hebrew, melech. It's all salt. <laughs> all salt. Well, I think that it points to this. It's important, you know, especially when we hear from people who are getting ready to convert or new to Passover, and they really do panic about what can you eat. And it's important to remember what you can eat, not as much, like, keep in mind what you can't, but don't let that drive things. I, I, we were having the annual review because our kids are young and um, they're panicking because there will be no goldfish, no pretzels, no cereal, no pasta and no toast. So already there's like a little bit of, you know, what can we have? And, and Caleb said, but potato chips are okay, right? And I said, potato chips are fine. <laughs> You'll be okay. So just remember, potato chips are fine. <laughs> well, uh, as the expression goes, it's so much fun to talk to everyone, but we would be here until Tisha B'Av. We don't, at some point, ask the last question, uh, but this has been so much fun. So one, how about one more question, everybody, which is, um, if you could give some advice to our listeners, members of our community and congregation, as uh, they get ready to uh, not only celebrate Pesach, but prepare for Pesach, what, what's your one piece of advice? I, I know what I would say that there are no wrong answers here, that everybody creates their own traditions with their Seder and you hone in on the pieces that you love and you know you, you make it your own. And that, that there's, there's nothing wrong that you can do, that you just enjoy the pieces that you love and that you take that with you. I would say be fearless. There is so many new things for Passover, new recipes, new dishes, new things you can try out. Uh, you know, lead the Seder, try a new song, buy a new Haggadah, buy a new cookbook, try a new recipe, or, you know, do what you've been doing, but don't be ashamed of it. Like, be proud of it. Like, just, just do. You know, I, we have a lot of talk about intention and, well, I want to, I want to, I want to. And Passover is a great time to just go and do it. Like make something new, try something new, embrace, embrace the freedom, you know, be fearless. I agree with both of those. I would offer two more. One is very practical. I learned this at the house of our um, teacher, Rabbi Rick Saracen, who was our professor of liturgy. And that's where I learned you should always have a huge box of kosher salt because when grape juice or red wine spills on your tablecloth, just pour the salt as fast as you can, as much as you can, let it dry and that stain will come right out of the table. It's amazing. Um, it totally works. But the, the second piece is just remember this is a joyous holiday. It is a celebration. It's a celebration of freedom. So um, focus on the joy of the holiday and remember like as Deborah said, there are no wrong answers really. Uh, well, bread is hummus, but other than that, like, you know, you're, you're pretty good and, and yeah, be fearless and have fun with it. Peter. I would say 
choose one thing that's new that you haven't done before. And it could be uh, an element of the Seder. Uh, and by the way, you know, there are so many Haggadot that are, are out there where they, you know, just give you lots of ideas and suggestions. So much online now, videos and so much online content. Um, uh, it could be about uh, food preparation, but just to pick something new and different that you haven't done before. There's no way to do all of it. You can't cook every recipe. You can't do every reading uh, you know, that coincides with the four questions and every Haggadah that there ever is or was, but just try something new and different. We try to do that every year. We, 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 we do it both in the uh, content of our Seder and we also do, we also buy one new thing for the kitchen each year, oh, like that, right? Where we could like, you know, mm -hmm. so this year we can, I don't know, you know, like one year it was the, uh, the potato masher thing. I, I don't know what it's called, you know, <laughs> like, Sir? What, what's that, you know, like when you're making like mashed potatoes, like what's that thing you mash it? Mm -hmm. Potato uh, masher. Potato masher or a ricer. Yeah, but like, you know, like whatever, every year something new so that we can try something new and create, some, you know, obviously the big year was the, uh, the uh, mixer. <laughs> Boy, was that a good year. <laughs> I feel like we should probably, um, we're going to need some photos to accompany this episode. We're going to need a picture of the leak. We're going to need a picture of the potato <laughs> masher, um, a picture of, of um, Deborah's freezer. Um, but this has been so fun. Thank you, Deborah and Sam, for joining us. Um, My pleasure. Yeah. We have four clergy. We ended up asking five questions because of course the four questions actually have five. Um, so we are truly in the Passover spirit and this is being released on the anniversary of the release of our first episode. So um, truly a Shehechianu moment as we come to the end of the first year of this podcast. Yeah, and it's, it's, okay. it's not Passover yet. Does anyone know where I can get a chocolate chip cookie in the building? No, I was looking earlier. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's good. That's going to be rough. But actually, we have to go set up for the drive-through. Yes, there yes. are popsicles, so that will all right. No comments, but still good. So, thank you all of our listeners for joining us. Chag uh, Sameach, a very happy Passover to you. And again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the podcast from the Temple, where we inspire lives and transform our world. <laughs>